You know the vibes! Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. Myself, Mo Mutsi, alongside the one, the only, Mr. BJ Armstrong. Real name. No gimmicks. No we're breaking gimmicks, down. No, no we're, gimmicks. No, no gimmicks. Listen, we're breaking down the NBA playoffs as we do every day. And we had three interesting games going on this evening. But before we get to that, I want to wish all of you guys listening an Eid Mubarak. To everyone celebrating, I hope you have a blessed day with your families. Ramadan was a tough month, but it's a blessing of a month then. We made it through the other end, and now we hit. So, uh, BJ, hope you have a blessed Eid as well. I don't know if they do oh, eat big guy in much. LA, but, uh, but um, I hope you have a blessed day nonetheless. Um, let's talk about the playoffs. Let's start on the Eastern Coast with uh, the Philly-Brooklyn game that, aside from the actual basketball being played, was overturned by uh, referee decisions. And we're going to start at the top. Okay. One of the first plays of the game, Nick Claxton throws down a giant alley-oop over Joel Embiid. And as he does that, when Embiid is on the floor after he tries to block the shot and fell to the floor, um, Nick Claxton stepped over him and Embiid took exception to that and kicked Nick Claxton in the upper thigh area. Uh, Embiid Ooh. received a flagrant one. So not a flagrant two. A flagrant okay. two would have meant he was ejected. He just got a flagrant one. Claxton got a technical. And uh, many felt that Joel Embiid should have been ejected for that, as we saw Draymond Green be ejected earlier this week for stamping on Demontis Sabonis. What's your take on that? It was a very interesting play. You know, from my advantage point, you know, obviously I wasn't in the building, is look like Joel got dunked on. Okay. Everyone gets dunked on. And the stepping over someone now causes a different reaction. <laughs> Shout out to Tyloo. Okay. And on one hand, you say, well, you know, one guy gets suspended for kicking another player, or doing whatever. But you got to put it in his proper, you know, context right you gotta put in his proper context like i think joel was like obviously he wasn't cool with getting dunked on but he got dunked on all right claxton mm-hmm. got him yep go to the, the next stepping, play get but, him back yeah go to the next play but the stepping over <laughs> caused a different reaction so it'd be interesting to see i i you know i i think something had to happen because you wanted to diffuse the situation as quickly as possible but I'm certainly not comparing it. I'm just looking at the that particular situation. And then you'll see if we go from there. But I I I understand people's reaction to it. However, you know, I it, it it's not the same play. And I think it was more a reactionary thing of what precipitate precipitates that type of behavior. And I'm not sure what the reason was for stepping over him, uh, but well, it happened. You know, Dray- I mean? Draymond's play was moment. reactionary as well from Sabonis grabbing his leg. So if you're going to have one rule for Draymond, you should enforce that league wide. Uh, just because Embiid's going to be the MVP, it doesn't mean he should be able to get away with what he got away with tonight. Okay, again, again, for me, I'm not comparing to someone else. These aren't comparables. This is I'm looking at the situation as is. What happened on that particular play? 
what happened on that play? <laughs> okay. MB got dunked on. Claxton stepped over him. MB yes. kicked him. Same yes. way. Same way. Sabonis went to get a rebound. He grabbed Draymond's leg and Draymond stood on him. They're both reactionary. They're both involving. They're both involving a I, kick I, I, of sorts. So, so this is where it gets interesting, because later on in that game, James Harden was ejected for a push off where it looked like he pushed the defender in the nutsack. And in the post game report, the referees have come out and said that Embiid wasn't ejected because of the area in which he kicked Nick Claxton. So, because it was his upper thigh and not the groin area, it was seen as. Um, unnecessary, but not what was the word that they used? Um, excessive. So it was unnecessary, but not excessive. Whereas Harden's was unnecessary and excessive. So he was ejected, even though James Harden's could have been argued to be a basketball play. Whereas Joel Embiid's was just a kick. Add to the fact that Joel Embiid's kick just missed Claxton's ball sack. That's what he was aiming for. I don't think Embiid was aiming for his leg. Like, and it looks like, and to many people, that the referees were just, it was a makeup call. You know, it was a makeup ejection for not ejecting Embiid. They decided to get Harden out of there. What do you think of Harden's ejection? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I've, I, I've been in too many games. <laughs> so, like, I don't react to stuff like that. Okay, it happened. And I, I I I understand as a competitor the consequences of stepping over someone. I understand that. And and I and I understand I understand that. Like I understand that. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Do I think the referees are having make no, I don't I don't want to think that way. So I don't allow myself to think that way. Yeah, but I can understand how people can say that, you know. I think like, what people are looking for is some level of consistency with refereeing. That's all it is. Some level of consistency. Well, because it makes know, it, it makes it, no it, sense to eject MB to eject Harden and not having ejected Embiid. And it makes no sense to eject Draymond and not eject Embiid. It makes no sense. Okay. Well, I, I, I think at some point it will probably be best if that is the perspective of everyone. Not mine, but if, if everyone else has that, then we have to have robots begin to referee the game to I, interpret the I, I rules. I tweeted of the game. that we need the artificial intelligence yeah. chat GBT to yeah, uh, yeah. referee. Human beings, human beings are going to make mistakes. And I don't have a problem with mistakes. That's just part of it. That's part well, of I mean, the equation. You, you say that, but human beings, you have the video technology, you have the replay reviews. But it's a but okay, but it's a subjective thing. It's a, okay. Mo saw it one way. He saw it another. Okay. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Like that's, that's fine. Like that's not going to be the reason I'm going to lose. Hmm. I'm going to get some of those calls and I'm going to lose some of those calls. That's just the way it goes in sports. But again, I may be, I, I may be, I, I may have been around too long. I, I, I'm not here to, you know, I, 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 hey, I get some I, of those I calls. Think I think the, the, the funniest part is Claxton also got ejected for taunting Embiid after he dunked on him again. And uh, he dunked on him, yeah, and then he kind of made a face at him, and he left the game, which I thought was ridiculous. The other thing is that on the play, the original play we discussed with Embiid, he picked up a personal foul for him trying to block the shot, and then he picked up a flagrant one um, for his kick. 
But the flagrant one doesn't count towards personal fouls. So we got to like the start of the fourth quarter and Embiid has five fouls, but really he should have been out of the game because it's technically six fouls. But nonetheless, it was a close game going down the stretch. We'll talk about the actual basketball side of it now. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, Nick Claxton, by the way, before he got ejected, was perfect from the field. He dunked on Embiid twice and he held Embiid to just nine points. Um, they did a great job. Uh, with Embiid struggling, um, he looked like he picked up some injuries, but with him, you can never tell because he flopped so much. Um, Tyrese Maxey was the guy who stepped up big time. He had a big first quarter, and then he had a huge fourth quarter. Uh, great to see Tyrese Maxey doing what he does. Um, he didn't score for the first 21 minutes of the second half, and then scored seven straight to uh, basically tie the game with just under a minute to play and give Philly the chance to take the lead with the ball. And that's exactly what they did. Um so great game for Tyrese Maxey. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, good game for the for the Brooklyn Nets as well. They were being physical. It looked like they'd figured out a thing or two. And, you know, had Claxton not got ejected, I feel like they could have won the game. But I think that was their chance to win. They're 3-0 down now. No team's ever come back from 3-0 down. The series is looking all but over. Unless Embiid suspended for uh, game number four. What do you think, B? I, I think this is all but over. And you know, I I, I want to give Brooklyn credit. I, I I said since you know the first game of the series, I thought they had a good game plan. It, they've been consistent. And tonight I thought they had a chance to win the game. They made some key mistakes down the stretch. And give in particular Tyrese Maxi credit. I thought he was terrific down the stretch here, picked up the slack. And when he plays well, it seems that they find a way to win the game. So no team, I, you know, has never come back from a 3-0 deficit. I don't expect this to be the first, but very well done by the Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, now they just have to play it out. You know, they, they probably feel out of pride. They want to try to get game four. But, you know, I think Philly will probably want to, you know, take them out as quickly as they can, and uh, move on to the next round. Well, then the next game we had was the Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings, one of the most highly anticipated matchups. There was no Draymond yep. Green. Gary Payton second was also out with an injury. So Jordan Poole slid yep. into the starting lineup. And the Warriors had an absolutely fantastic game. They picked up the win, 114-97, to led by Stephen Curry, who was just doing Stephen Curry things, 36 points in the victory. You know, watching this game was interesting. This is what I love about the playoffs is like he gets down to individual matchups. Like Steve Kerr started matching Steph's minutes to Alex Len's minutes because he knew that he could go up against him when they switched and really go at him. Whereas Mike Brown is matching Davion Mitchell's minutes to Steph Curry's minutes. And then you've got both coaches matching up Looney's minutes with Sabonis' minutes. So it's becoming like individual matchups up and down the court. But having said that, you know, everyone's talking about the series being over after the Warriors lost the first two. They went back home and the expected happened. The Warriors role players had a great game. The Kings role players did not. We're talking about guys like Looney, who was an absolute beast on the offensive glass. He was great at making plays as well. His passing was shown a little bit in this game. Um, I also have a hot take that the Warriors will be just fine if Draymond Green decides to leave them. However, that's not the topic that we're talking about today. What did you see in this game that stood out to you? Well, the the first thing was the rebounding, in particular, Kavon Looney. I thought he 
was terrific. I mean, Kevon Looney, you know, he, he doesn't jump high, he doesn't move fast, but he just gets the job done. I mean, he had 20 rebounds tonight. Steve Kerr, I want to give out the shout. I want to give a shout out to Coach Kerr. Coach Kerr is one of the more he's one of the better coaches I've seen. But he's just excellent. And mm-hmm. you know, he he gave his team clarity and said, okay, here are our individual matchups, the game within the game. And here's what we need you to do. Okay. Kavon Looney, here's your matchup. Kaminga, here's your matchup. Poole, here's your matchup. And I thought Steve Kerr had an excellent game plan. And one of the things I found interesting was it's very hard, it's very difficult to play with two guys who can't score. Mm-hmm. And Kavan Draymond and Looney. And, and, and Looney. And it's going to be interesting to see after this win, because I was thinking to myself, it's going to be interesting to see what Coach Kerr does. Because when you have one guy on the floor who can't score, you can put him in what's called what's traditionally called the dunker spot mm-hmm. so that he can get offensive rebounds and you'll have a more skilled person That's or just, the other four players the, will be able to score. The dunker However, spot for reference, if you guys don't know what that is, it's just underneath the basket, but in the in the corner of the paint, if that makes sense. Just a little bit, you know, under the basket. Yeah, the you side. know, it's 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 kind of a you know, the mid-range area. But now it's gonna be interesting to see. Because clearly, the war the, the 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 Kings didn't adjust to tonight's game. Yeah, they were still playing as if Draymond was on the floor. Yep, and Kaminga, Jamichael Green, those guys will actually shoot it. Okay, and so you know Kaminga made some really athletic plays. So I think it was an interesting game. Sacramento, this was a game I felt Sacramento had to had to win. Yep. Right. I thought this was a game that yep. you know what they can really establish themselves. But now they're they're in a fight, okay? And and as you've heard me say, and and all of our listeners have heard hear me say, you know, a series doesn't start until the other team wins on the opposing team's home court. So until we can establish that, this is going to be tough. Now, if the Warriors win Game Four, bowl Game Five. Mm. That that's 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 the game. Now that's the game of the series. You said that about every every game so far. (laughs) Well, 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 you know, for this young team, for this young team, Mo, you know, when you have opportunities to win, you you got to finish it. You got to, and you you got to finish it, right? As the Celtics found out in the finals last year. Yeah, you 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 can't. See here, here's here, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that I'm having this conversation. Is because when you've played in playoff games and series, and you've won big games, you've lost big games, you begin to understand the magnitude of the situation that you're in. You took care of business in game one and game two. Okay, at home, you took care. You didn't establish or do anything. You just Hell serve. Now you have an opportunity. You get a break. The break is Draymond Green. They have a starter. Returning. An integral part of of, of their team. And now you have an opportunity because there's a lot of doubt 
uncertainty floating around in the building. And then the Warriors have every excuse to win, every excuse to lose, excuse me. And you let them off the hook. And not you don't lose a close game. You lose by what? That was a blowout. It was a blowout. Yes. Now, Warriors were up like 20. And, you know. Now, Mo, that's just un- – it, it's not losing. It's how you lose. Because both games that Sacramento won were close all the way to the very end. Okay. So let me tell you what's going on in the other locker room and why I said what I said. It's not your flipping. It's just that sometimes in a series, there could be one moment that changes the whole series. There could be a half. There could be a quarter or Mo. There could be one game. Mm -hmm. One game changes the dynamics of a series. Because let me tell you something. If the Warriors win game four, if they win game four, because I said it yesterday or the day before, when you have a champion on the ropes, you got to take them out. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got to take the, you got to take the Warriors out right now. Because let me tell you something. They are championship tested. And I don't care what happens. I know this about the Sacramento Kings. They haven't been in the playoffs in the last 16 to 17 years. Yeah. And it's not like they've got in players that have really, like, yeah, Sabonis has played is, in the playoffs, but, but it's not like big okay. time. So let me, let, so you win game two. Mo, then you lay an egg in game three, minus Draymond Green, minus, okay, Gary, Gary Payton. Payton. Who had spent, out of all the players on the Warriors, Gary Payton spent the most time guarding De'Aaron Fox out of everyone. This is what I'm. This is what. This is what I'm saying. Now, Mo, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what's going on in in, in the Warriors' rock locker room. They're saying the following. Okay, I've been down 0-2 in a series. Okay, been down 0-2, so I know that feeling. You play minute by minute, possession by possession, and, and all you say is, "I just want one more chance. I just want to take another bite at the apple." And mm-hmm. if they get to game five, Mo, everything is going to be a little tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because yep. let me tell you what the Warriors will have established. Oh, we could beat y'all at home. And y'all know it and we know it. But let me tell you about the Warriors. You can't tell the Warriors they can't beat them. Now, I don't yeah. know. The, if- the defense was great at home tonight, as it has been all season long. This is this is what I'm, this is the this confidence is a funny thing. So again, I saw an opportunity to knock them out. Okay. I saw it. I said, you know what, guys, forget game four, forget anything else. We got to get this game tonight. And the way they came out their first possession, I shook my head. I go, you had a turnover in your first possession yeah. on the road. That's just unacceptable. Oh, that's just unacceptable. Yeah, I, I don't think any behavior. team scored for like the first two minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that, that's unacceptable. Like, come down and execute. You got to value the possession of the ball on the road. And I told you this after game two. I'm fascinated. They play They play fast. You play better at home. You got your crowd rocking, da-da-da, da-da-da. You, I don't care what you, how you play during the regular season. You have to play a different brand of basketball on the road. And Mo, I don't think they adjusted. They were just shooting up threes and doing things. Well, maybe you can get away with that on the road. The, the but, Kings. I mean, at home, but not on the road. You got The Kings had five turnovers in the first quarter alone. Here's what I liked from Steve Kerr. 
Um, you know, they were getting cooked in the minutes where Steph Curry wasn't on the court. So tonight, instead of putting him out for five, six minute stretches to let the Kings back into the game, he was giving him smaller but more frequent chunks of rest. Uh, the Warriors pushed the paint a lot. Obviously, not having Draymond Green there and having Jordan Poole there allowed them to space the floor more, right? And what they were doing is they were driving, but they were passing back out to the perimeter. I think like 18 of their 27 shots in the first quarter from three-point land. Um so you know the, the Warriors did a great job of getting out and running as well yeah. after getting the ball. I, I want to point and, this. Out. I want to point this out. I want to point. Okay, sorry. okay. I want to point this out. Steve Kerr also did a phenomenal job, and I don't know what the track record is or the the minutes, but he clearly doesn't want Devion Mitchell to play against Steph Curry. But Mike Brown is matching the minutes, so it's like a little back and forth that they got going on. But but, but Steph Curry. Steve Kerr is going to win that matchup. Why? Because you can't keep subbing in Devion Mitchell. Yeah, because it takes the other guards out of rhythm. Whereas it, Steph Curry, yes. it doesn't. You can be on. It you, does, you, you Steph can, Curry could go to the moon, come back to Earth, and still be able to hear three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, so I think Steve Kerr knows that he has to keep Steph Curry. You know, just he, he's got to find ways to keep him engaged and he's got to find opportunities when they're going to switch and then allow Steph Curry to do his thing. So I, I think that's a key thing yeah. that Steve Kerr is and I th- really, you could tell I his think staff is really the other thing as well with, with Davion Mitchell is as great as he is on the defensive side tonight, they were letting him shoot a lot of wide open threes and just happy to let him miss. And obviously the role players for the Kings, like I said before, struggle on the road, you know, Trey Lyles missed a bunch of threes from the corner that he would usually hit. But whereas the Warriors, I've got to give a shout out to Moses Moody, who was fantastic. Dante DiVincenzo, who is huge. He was even attacking the offensive glass. Andrew Wiggins, huge on the glass as well. And I think he gave them 20, 22 points. So the Warriors, great team performance, even though Steph gets the headlines. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, you know, he was trying to keep the minute. He hit some huge shots down the stretch to keep, uh, down the stretch of the third to try and keep the the Kings in the game. But dominant display from the reigning champions. That's championship DNA. And then we get to the final game of the night. And it's the Clippers minus Kawhi Leonard um, up against the Phoenix Suns. So the Russell Westbrook-led Clippers had a very close game in the end. They could have they could have won this game. And when you think about it, right, we've got to give them credit because you're without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's like 80-plus million dollars in salary. That's like the Phoenix Suns being without Booker and Durant. And if that was the case, they wouldn't even have a chance of being in the game. Whereas Ty Lue had his guys in the game. It was a very sloppy game to begin with, which I think favored the Clippers so that the Suns couldn't get into a rhythm. The Clippers were doing a much better job chasing, uh, you know, Booker and these guys over the top of screens when Zubek was dropping back. Um, you know, it was quite close to begin with in the first. Uh, Norman Powell had a huge first half. I think he had 20 points, but Booker, on the other hand, he had 21. So those two were in the scoring battle. I think they both ended up with like 40 points each. Um, which was fantastic to watch. That's what the playoffs are about. Like elite scorers, Devin Book had 45, Norman Powell had 42. Russell Westbrook, by the way, who everyone told me shouldn't be in the NBA, had 30 points, 12 assists, and eight rebounds. Um, oh, I didn't tell you that. I didn't, I didn't say, say I you. Count. I didn't say you. You said everyone told you. You said everyone. I mean the general the general public. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh if it was you, I would have said your I name. Know. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm old. I can't remember. I can't remember what things I say anymore. You know, you said everyone. I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember. I don't recall telling all that. Um, and then, okay, here's what got really interesting for me. DeAndre Ayton was very passive in this game. I don't know what it is about the playoffs that make him a little bit passive. Um, but remember the suggestion I had in the last episode we did about the Clippers going small ball 
and like they did against the Utah Jazz in previous years. Tyloo actually went to this in the fourth quarter. It was uh, They went on a 7-0 run, got it to a nine-point game with eight minutes left. They went to a zone defense, and they're helping off everyone except for Booker and Durant. They ended up being within one possession at the end of the game in the fourth to be in with a chance of winning it. The small ball was actually very successful. The Phoenix Suns, I don't know whether it's DeAndre Ayton not saying himself or the Chris Paul, Devin Booker not looking to feed him. But when you're being guarded by Terrence Mann or Bones Highland, you've got to feed the big fella. Let him establish himself in the paint. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, the Phoenix Suns escaped with a 129 to 124 win, despite Chris Paul having an absolute stinker. He was one from eight from three, missed two huge free throws in the final minute of the game. DeAndre Ayton also missed two huge free throws in the final two minutes to keep the Clippers in it. But the Phoenix Suns went on the road, regained home court advantage, came away with the win, and they take a 2-1 series lead. What's your take on this one? Um... Well, I want to first say Norman Powell was just simply fantastic, right? Yeah, what a pickup. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he, he's wow. Okay, he played great. Russell Westbrook, he competes. You know, I, I, I know there's a lot been, been said, but I, I, I'm, I, I'm a fan of his, right? You, you get, you got a guy who can give you 30 points, 12 assists in the playoffs, okay, and 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 compete at this level, okay, with three steals and eight rebounds. Miles. Okay, I mean that's just fantastic. Now, let's get down to the game itself. You know, Coach Ty Lue went small, and I was I was watching that game a little bit. I was flipping back and forth between you know that game and the Warriors game, and I said, you know, if I was a big today, because you said that you said that about DeAndre Aiden, I was like, if I was a big today. You know, how would I feel having to play against guys 6'4", 6'5", 6'6"? Like, I'm, I'm a seven-footer. You know what I mean? Like, in today's game. Like, I was just thinking, I was thinking about it because you, I never I never had that experience. Yeah. I never played in that experience. Well, you but were I never, was thinking seven, about you were never seven foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I mean. But VJ, I'd be watching it, and I'm like six foot one, six foot two, and I'd be watching it. And I'm like, man, let me post up. Let me get in the paint. What the hell are we yeah, doing? I, 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 I just, I just remember one specific game because it was only one team, and I'm sure there were others, but there were only one team that I can recall in the the era that I played in that played similar to small ball, which was actually the Golden State Warriors with uh, Don Nelson. Yep. And Don Nelson had, you know, he would play small, and I remember, I remember. They beat us like we stole something. I mean, Mo, they, I, 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 I mean, Mo, it was like one of those games where, I mean, they just, they went small and Don Nelson was notorious for that. I think he like, he brought in like Avery Johnson and put him on like Bill Cartwright or something. I mean, he did something like, like crazy. And I mean, they just beat us, Mo, like it was awful. It was like one of those games, Mo, it was like they beat us by 30 points. The you felt Oakland like the Coliseum Kings was going tonight. crazy. You felt yeah, like yeah, the Kings yeah, tonight. Yeah, 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 Unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for us, it was the regular season, wasn't the playoffs. But I remember that experience, and and our coaches made us watch that entire game. And I learned a very valuable lesson: is you have to trust your team and whatever you're doing, and not be concerned about the matchups because a lot of times coaches 
will use the matchup matchup disadvantage, knowing very well that the players will get selfish. Just like what you just said, Mo, Mo was like, "Wait a minute, I got this little guy on me. Throw me the ball, and you'll stop running your offense." Yeah, and then that's exactly what I want you to do. I want you to do it because I want to double you anyway. Just like Joel Embiid, I want Joel Embiid to get the ball so I can double him. And that was the first time that I had learned that lesson. And the reason I'm sharing this story is because the lesson is you have to trust your team because it's a team sport. This this brings me to something I wanted to say later in the show. This is when Dylan Brooks said about LeBron after the last game, I'm not going to respect him until he drops 40 on me. He's doing that. So LeBron goes out and they stop running their offense and it becomes LeBron trying to score 40. And, 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 you don't see it as much, and I don't, you know, and and I have to, you know, I I I I'm very fortunate. My kids still call me, right? And they're in their twenties, and they still call me. My son calls me today, and he, he said, "Dad, I bet I know who your favorite player is in the playoffs right now." I said, "Who?" He said, "Dylan Brooks." I said, "Why would you say?" That? <laughs> I said, "Why?" Would- you say that and we start laughing. I started laughing just like that. I said, he said, he said, because dad, you love it when guys just compete. Hell yeah. And That's I was like, about. you know what? And and I was like, you know, I do like Dylan Brooks. You know what I mean? And I and we laughed. And I he's was like, he's a necessary yeah, you know villain. He's a necessary villain in the NBA. There aren't the, enough the, guys like that anymore. And he reminds me of what the NBA is really all about. It's about competition, but there used to be a theme, you don't see it as much called gamesmanship. You yeah. would do things to see if you can get a response from the other person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You would do, you like, you don't believe it, but you just want to see if the other guy will respond to it. And that's probably why I use my favorite word, whatever. I just never respond to anything anymore. Like, I'm just like, whatever. Okay. Joel and B kicked him, whatever. Drayvon stomps this guy, whatever. Cause I just move on. But Dylan Brooks, that was fascinating that he said that. Okay, why? Because, you know, Mo, there's some game gamesmanship there. I don't know what his true intentions are or were or what he's thinking. But what I do know, Mo, is that the L.A. Lakers are going to have to trust their offense. Yep. And trust what they're doing. And, Mo, sometime, Mo, if you can get someone to stop running their stuff, by junking up the game. That's what coaches call it. They can work, let's just junk up the game. You can dis, you can be disruptive to the other team. So, and I'm saying all of this to say the following. I was thinking of DeAndre Ayton as I was, as you said that. And I was like, God, I don't know if I really want to be a big in this era. Because that would stink. Being a big and not being a post up a guy who's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. And I don't care, you know, because that's your natural instinct. However, you know... But I get what you're saying about about the big fella. Yeah. So what other takeaways do you have from that? Because I think the Clippers would be very confident if they can get Kawhi Leonard back for the next game that they can tie the series and then it becomes the best of three. Well, I, you know, if I'm the Suns, if I'm the Suns, all right, I've played three games. And I'm, I'm just going to take it from the Suns' perspective. We haven't played well in three games and we're up 2-1. Two, two, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Mo. Now, at some point, at some point here, at some point here, they're going to put together a game. Okay, 
you know, Chris Paul was what four for eighteen or five for eighteen. Well, they should, he was in his former home. You know, he played for the Clippers for a long time. You think he'd be familiar with yeah. the arena? Couldn't hit a shot. Well, you know, it was called Staples Center when he was there. It's crypto now. It's it's a little different. The rooms are probably I mean, different. The names different. have changed. The rest of it is <laughs> yeah. exact same. They still they you. still cover the Clippers uh, banners with their pictures. So uh, the the Lakers banners. Yeah. <laughs> so I I I think the the I think the Phoenix Suns are due for a game, um, and you know the Clippers are having to change up how they play. Like this was a twenty four hour turnaround because I I mean I wasn't aware of it, and you know when it was announced today that he wasn't going to play, I mean you had to switch up devastated. your total. Yeah, you had to switch. Yeah, it was like I was I was watching television mid afternoon. It ruined my day, you know, and, 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 you know, I was watching like NBA today trying to, you know, just figure out what's going on and all of a sudden breaking news, you know? And uh, so I was like, what is going on here? Um, however, I think that's going to be tough. You know, when you got guys coming in and out of the lineup mode, that's tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's just, just it's, it's tough because now Mo, the last thing you want to be concerned about is who's available and who's not. You know what I mean? And that's what makes it tough. So, for hopefully Kawhi will be back, but more it must be something where he's really hurt because yep. I mean he played know, a lot of minutes in praising the, first the two games, you know, that he's not yeah, used to play. I was just praising him. Yeah, I was just praising him that he's playing so so well. He's been great. And then all of a sudden he's out. So very unfortunate. Um so and, you know, we'll see what game four brings. Let me ask you this before we wrap up. Three games tonight. Just give me your quick predictions. Celtics Hawks. Celtics. Cavs, Knicks. I'm going Knicks. I picked the Knicks. I, I okay. picked the Knicks in this series. I, 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 I'm i going with the Knicks. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm going with the Knicks. Home court, back in Madison Very Square impressive. Garden. Yeah, I think Madison Square Garden is going to be rocking. Remember, was it two years ago when they've had a playoff game there? Uh, against Atlanta was, and, and Trey Young it was, was here it, in it. it yeah, it was it was a great playoff atmosphere. So I'm going I'm going with the Knicks. I'm so going with many Knicks. so many memes were born by Knicks fans that day. And then the final game of the night, the Nuggets and Timberwolves. Who, by the way, after we finished recording the other day, Jamal Murray and Anthony Edwards Wolves. had had an yeah. absolutely sensational scoring battle with 40 plus each. Um, you got the yeah. Timberwolves winning this one at home. Yes, I do. I do. I, I you know I I look, I, I think I, look if you guys really want to know what I think. Well, uh, the the Nuggets are going to win. However, I'm rooting for the Wolves. I'm just going. I'm, I'm just going, I'm with, going my, with the Nuggets. Anthony Edwards. I'm just going for Anthony Edwards. Ant Man, man. Yeah, I, I I love that kid. And you know, I, I was just saying to myself, he's going to have one of these games. He's going to have a breakout. And in the last game was it for him? And I think he can carry it over and get you know maybe that game uh, tomorrow. If they're going to win one, but they better win one tomorrow. Yeah. Sure. If if not, then it's uh. If not, then it's a sweep. But that's tomorrow's games. And stay locked in we'll be breaking them down for all of you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the Hoop Genius podcast. It's not even been a whole week yet of the NBA playoffs. And the action has been absolutely thrilling. I cannot wait to see how the rest of it unfolds. So stay locked in. Share the podcast with your friends. I hope you all have a great Eid. Enjoy the blessings with your families and your loved ones and your friends. And uh, most importantly, get buckets. <laughs>